Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, the show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today, I have got a guest, uh, Sami Reyes. Sami is coming straight from the United States to me here into my New Zealand recording studio. And I am very, very excited to talk to her because if you want to talk to someone who is caring and ambitious and already has got her sights set towards helping others, then who better to ask than Sammy? Because that's exactly who she is. So Sammy, thank you very much for coming on to my show. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about today. <laughs> and I'm so pleased, Sammy, you are 19 years old and you're already a force to be reckoned with uh, because uh, due to your own circumstances, you have at an early stage learned that negative emotions are there and you need to deal with them in the right way mm -hmm. and now you're an advocate of helping others to do exactly that yeah. so uh, i'm so pleased so let's explore that sammy um first of all what are you doing right now yeah for sure so i i've always been a multi-passionate person so i've uh, currently hold many many titles um but i'm currently a second year college student at san diego state university um, over in san diego california i am a passion coach and i help others you know find truly what they love to do and allow them to incorporate it into their everyday whether they're you know on top of their nine to five or on top of school. Um, I also have my own marketing agency called Sydney Beatrice Marketing, where I help influencers and nonprofits uh, really get their voice out through social media marketing. Um, and I'm a podcast host of the Fashion Your Passion podcast, hence being a passion coach. Um, and I speak to high schools and colleges across the country about finding your passion, developing your dream life, and just uh, transforming your life in general. Just as you do. I mean, you know, what else would a 19-year-old do? I mean, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> now, okay, uh, uh, conflict of interest here. I am uh, the father of a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old who have their own passions, but they are somehow going along different lines, more towards maybe gaming, maybe playing a good game of chess, maybe sleeping in, uh, mm -hmm. more these kind of things. So obviously something in your past has triggered you to be different. Yeah. Are you happy to share that? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't really have like a cool story, um, you know, for this. I've, I, I, uh, I've always been sort of an old soul and, and many people nowadays, my best friends are like, Sammy, you're, go you're 19 going on 35. Like, I don't know what to do with you anymore. And I was like, listen, when I turn 35, I'm going to be 60. So you need to get, start taking care of me, um, you know, and it just, I just, I've, I'm, you know, the oldest child out of three, just out of three daughters. And I just have always been much more independent than the rest of my friends or my family or whoever. And I think that, you know, with that independence, when I first started my own personal development journey, 
it really sprung into, okay, now that I'm, you know, and I've always been very career set. I've always been, you know, everything that I did sort of throughout middle school and high school was based off of, okay, what I'm going to do in college and what I'm going to do for my career. And so once I sort of, you know, was feeling a little bit better about myself, I really was like, okay, now how can I turn this into a career? How can I, you know, there was a switch that set off of me that was like, I never want to work for someone else again, whether it's, you know, like, you know, whatever it was, like, I was just like, I want to work for myself. I want to make my own hours. I want to do my own thing and sort of have the leniency to, you know, just to create. And like, I've never been a creative person, but like when I first started to lean into these different things where I saw opportunity, you know, in entrepreneurship, in, you know, whatever else it was, I was like, I have the ability to create in a way that's not like art. That's not like music. That's not like dance. So I am creative in some sort. So I think that, you know, I like to call myself a special case in that, you know, I just, I just started my career very early on. And I was always, you know, sort of, like you said before, I've been ambitious since day one. You know, I remember so vividly in sixth grade, we got this uh, project in social studies and history class. And she's like, okay, it's, you know, a a 14 part project. It's due in a month from now. I remember I went home that night. I finished the entire, every single part of that project and I handed it in the next day. So I was like, I don't want to have this on my plate anymore. I can be done with this in one night. Now is it. So I've always been the kid to, you know, sort of get ahead and be ahead and you know, I've always been a teacher's pet. So I sort of, you know, uh, resonated more with my teachers and my peers. And so I've, I've seen, you know, sort of like, okay, like, this is what, a, you know, having a family looks like. And this is what having a career looks like. How can I make this happen right now? Cool. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. On the contrary, it is, it is a, a maturity that many people struggle to achieve even in their 50s. Uh, because they uh, somewhere along the lines got sidetracked mm-hmm. by life or by circumstances, by a number of things that can change the way you think and that you lose track of what is important. Yeah. And with you, however, that seems to be rather a laser sharp uh, focus uh, and uh, I guess uh, to a degree, a moral compass that yeah. guides you towards what you is, think is right. Mm-hmm. And then, then, so if you see an opportunity, mm-hmm. what is your path? What, how do you go about creating or turning a dream slash vision into reality? Yeah. Do you have a process? Yes. Um, you know, I think... I, I'm originally from the suburbs of New York. So I've always been, you know, and I was in, I'm Jewish and I I lived in a neighborhood where there weren't many Jews. And so I always sort of, you know, just, I always had a way to sort of stand out. Um, And I think that with being from New York in the suburbs, not even like in the city and like just having a mindset of wanting to like up level my life and, you know, moving, you know, across the country to California and sort of, you know, thinking about how California and my industry in California is sort of, you know, is booming right now, Um, you know, and thinking about the opportunities that I could have here, I began to focus on how can I up-level my life? How can I take what I'm doing right now and sort of move to the next level? And so for me, it's really about, you know, like my first thing when I got to San Diego last year was I sat down with myself for half an hour 
And I just envisioned what my perfect day and my perfect life would look like. (laughs) And I envisioned every single bit of it. It was what car I was driving, how many kids I had, if I had any kids at all, you know, who my spouse was, you know, what I was eating, where I was, all what I was wearing, all of the things. I envisioned it and I wrote it all down. And then I took that. And I started to evaluate that and I I said, okay, this job that I'm holding right now isn't going to get me to that point. So I dropped that job and I went to go find a different job that helped, you know, that helped that. And, and I currently hold, you know, I currently have three jobs, three internships that are moving me towards being the best version, you know, the ultimate version of myself. Um, And I think that's really what it is. It's like, how can I, you know, I, I, I get this opportunity, right? I look at it, I evaluate it, I go, A, is it sort of in line with my values? Yes, okay, great. Is it, you know, next thing, is it sort of in line with where I want to go and what, you know, sort of I want to do career-wise, personally, whatever it is? Yes or no? If yes, okay, great. And then is, you know, sort of, is the pay enough? Is the opportunity really, really worth it? And if it is, I go for it. If not, then I say that, you know, I sort of, I sort of uh, bargain within. I say, okay, how can I, you know, use, can I use it eventually? Can I use it now to sort of get to somewhere else? Or can I, you know, sort of ask them if they can give me a little bit more towards it? Um, And so that's really, you know, what it is. But I think the ultimate thing is like, just knowing who you are and knowing how capable you are of something and fighting for that. Beautiful. Uh, That's my book, My Steps to Sobriety. I've just written a workbook that goes along with that, with exercises that guide you from uh, the initial, well, do you have a problem with alcohol towards, you know, what will your life be and how do you get off the alcohol? How do you live a life? Guess what one of the first exercises is? Exactly what you have written. Exactly. That's exactly what I say. And it's it's quite amazing when you do that. I was I was uh, helping a a friend. Uh, she started off her life uh, coaching business, and I helped by being in her first audience. I thought no one would turn up, so I better go there. Be one of the guys who turns up. Well, a few people turned up. And we did the whole thing and she made us do this exercise. And she said, I want you to turn around to your neighbor who you have no idea who he or she is. And I want you in three minutes, describe your perfect life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I did that. I said, talk, talk, talk. And then my neighbor did the same with me. And then we did a few other exercises, a few other lectures, and then she came back and said, you know, guys, the first exercise that you have done, I want you now to imagine that it is three years ahead in time. And I want you now to turn around to your partner and now describe your life three years down the line when you have achieved everything. And I thought, oh, good. Okay, let's try that. And I started talking. And what came out of my mouth was such a story, such, I believed it, I felt it, I was convinced it is the whole truth. And I, I, I scared myself a bit. I still get goosebumps, actually, when I just talk about it, because it is this power of envisioning something. And writing it down in meticulous details, not planning it out, describing it. 
And by just doing so, you're actually creating it. You don't know it yet, but you do. So what a beautiful, beautiful, oh, God, I love it. I I love it how you talk. (laughs) When I first, when I first, you know, started to give my speech, because one of my speeches that I do, one of my keynotes I do is all about how to find your passion. Uh, This whole three-way, you know, process, how to find it. But when I first started to do it, I used that exercise to start it out. You know, now I use that exercise in a completely different speech, but I, when I first started to do my passion one, that's what I did. And I was like, okay, you know, the thing you're thinking of, what you're going to be working on is sort of your passion now. I mean, it's changed, you know, immensely that speech. But I remember the one of the first times I did it, this girl like DM'd me afterwards. And she's like, Sammy, like when I did that visualization, like I literally saw myself doing exactly what I've been thinking I've been wanting to do for the longest time now. And she's like, now I'm going to start pursuing it. And now I'm going to start doing it. And I was like, that's the point. You know, like, I was like that. It's just like, it just felt so real. And I was like, cause it is, you know, it's like, that's your future. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. When, when you came to San Diego, um, is there a strong Jewish community there? Was that, was the Jewish faith part of your move? Because you were saying that in the New York suburbs, there were not many, many Jews around. Uh, was that one of the reasons that you moved or was it just coincidental? Yeah, it was, I mean, since I go to college over here, there's a, you know, a few Jewish organizations on campus. And so I'm heavily involved in them. And, you know, uh, but it, it was just in my town in New York, in the New York, New York suburbs, that didn't have a high Jewish population. But, you know, sort of this, the temple I went to, the synagogue I went to, um, you know, obviously all the Jews were there and they were, you know, they were from the sort of the surrounding towns. And so I became, you know, good friends with them. And it was, it was great to go, always go to temple and like have that community. Um, but really the main reason for coming to San Diego, coming to California was for school and just knowing that a bunch of different opportunities would open up over here for me. And it would be much better, you know, than going to school in New York also because I hate the snow. So I sort of wanted to get away from that too. So, you know, coming over here was just, there's so many reasons why. Yeah. So the Puerto Rican roots clearly mm-hmm. shine through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I <laughs> know oh, that's, it is what it is. I like you. It is, I uh, give you the summer anytime. Yeah. And, oh, cool. So now you're there. And uh, I mean, thinking about it, the way you go about it, you, there is, I hear so much connection and communication going on in your life. You didn't just go there and sit in your room and sort of think, well, I really would like to do that. Let's just wait and see. No, you went out there, you went to the synagogue, you went to the various organizations that are there, you checked them out. And I love the way you looked at it. Is that fitting with my moral compass? Yes, cool, I stick with it, and so on. It's this beautiful questions, it's these beautiful questions that you ask yourself. It's wonderful. It is a beautiful process. And I think I couldn't have spelled it out in a better way. So guys, if you're watching or listening, just wind a bit back, listen again to her voice. That is gold. <laughs> so you said yourself that you're a little bit ahead of your time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing wrong with that. Right. Unless, of course, you rattle the cages of those insecure people around you that don't like to be rattled. So we've got uh, something called tall poppy syndrome here in New Zealand. Um, The moment you raise your head up, you get torpedoed from below 
because uh, people just don't like that. They they rather prefer you to be in the same misery wallowing that they are. Uh, rather, who are you? Do you get that kind of bullshit thrown at you? I think definitely more in high school I did. Um, because I mean, I've just, again, like I've always been a kid who's sort of just like out of the ordinary. I just never was, you know, sort of in with everyone else. Um, and I think that, you know, when I first started all, like I started the podcast in high school and when I first started it, you know, my mentor was behind me a thousand percent and she still is to this day. Um, but you know, she was like, Sammy, like you need to sort of, you know, get this out to all the other kids, like all the other kids in your class. And I was like, I, no, I'm okay. Thanks. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, no, like you should. And I was like, no, she's like, then I will. I was like, okay, have fun with that one. Um, you know, but I think really what it is, is I've learned to only hold the people so close to me who I know are going to support me. Like I only really have you know, five to six true friends who I know are friends who are going to stick by me no matter what, who support me, who, you know, like all my posts, you know, like all, like listen to all the podcasts, comment on all the posts, like whatever. Um, you know, and obviously that, that doesn't define a friendship, but it's support, you know? And I think that I've learned even over the past six months, sort of what true friends are supposed to be and how they're supposed to act and, you know, sort of be to you and how you're supposed to be as a true friend to them. Mm-hmm. And I think I've learned, I just sort of, you know, weeded out who doesn't need to be in my community anymore. That way I can have more power to sort of go against these, you know, sort of irrelevant people who are just be like, you know, trying to knock me down and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, encourage me to fit in with everyone else because I don't want to fit in with everyone else. There's no point in doing that. I am on the road to up-leveling my life to a point where no one in my family has achieved so far or no one, you know, sort of my friend group has achieved so far. And I'm going to do that no matter who stands in my way. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and indeed, it is. I come from, from a very blue-collar background. Uh, no one ever in my family went to university. And uh, so I know that the, the feelings that run through you, I, I grew up earning money from the word go. So I would be at school and then straight from school, I would be going, stacking wood in a, in a, in a trade shop, etc. So it, what you're describing to me is very familiar um, a few months ago now. Um, but it is what it is. And you, if you focus and you've learned it at a very early stage, you can achieve that. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely that you had a mentor there. That is, yeah. how did that did that come about? I mean, I when I was at school, there there were no mentors. There were no no nothing. That might be a sign of the time. So I'm I'm one generation back. But right. uh, is that uh, was that something that was peculiar to your school? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I call her my mentor now, but she started out as my public speaking teacher one of the English electives in our school for seniors was public speaking. And so um, she was my public speaking teacher at first and me being the teacher's pet I was, I, you know, she was, she was my last class of the day. So I'd always hang back and just chat with her for a little bit about pretty much anything. 
Um, and then the last speech of our, because it was a semester long class. So the last speech of the class was a motivational speech. And what I had done was I uh, recorded myself every day before the speech, just a little bit of like a motivation, just like practice, right? And I, I uploaded it to SoundCloud every single day. And on the day of the speech afterwards, I showed it to her and she's like, Sammy, you need to make like an official podcast on this. I was like, no, there's no way in heck I'm doing that. I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. And she's like, no, like go do it. And so we, you know, we went out on December break after that. I looked it up, how to make a podcast. And then I came in, you know, in the new year, I showed her this logo I'd created. And she's like, Sammy, I have chills. And I was like, great. I was like, perfect. I was like, this is going to be it. We're going to do this. I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, you know, we're what 50 episodes in now, and I can't believe I'm still doing it. And then the second half of my senior year, we have a thing where we have to do a senior project where we get an internship, we get a mentor and we sort of, you know, just like dabble in our field a little bit. And I was like, I am working, you know, three, I was like working two jobs at the time. And I was like, I need to just use the podcast as my internship. And so luckily the teacher let me, and then we need to find a mentor. And I was like, who better than my public speaking teacher? And so I asked her to be my mentor. She's like, yeah, of course I will. Um, and so we just, from there, we gotten so close. And she she's currently in the midst of trying to get her own self-help book published. And so we just sort of have been, you know, each other's guides in many different things. Um, you know, I help her with Instagram and marketing and all this stuff like that. And she'll help me with like life advice and stuff like that. So, um, you know, she, I, I'm so happy to call her my friend now, you know, because I've known her for what three years now. Um, but I still call her my mentor because that's just what she is, you know, and she always says like, as much as you call me your mentor, like you're mine too. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. So I am forever grateful for her. I talk about her all the time. Um, like my best friends know all about her. Like much who didn't even go to my school. Um, and so it was just luck that I found someone who was so like, just, we were, our paths just lined up so, so much. And, you know, and we were just on the same road to sort of, you know, achieving our dreams. And that was, you know, just what we connected on. And we decided to, you know, sort of stay in touch from there. What's her name? Her name is Melissa Perch. Um, and just a little plug for her. You can find her on Instagram at Perch public gets published. And so it's P Y R C H gets published. Excellent. Excellent. Because someone like that needs to be lauded. Someone like that who is going out of their way to help a young person to grow. Oh, these are the, the people who change the world. And Miss Perch, I'm there you are. I will look you up and will follow you. Uh, so, and no, I'm not a stalker from New Zealand. I'm a, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy told me to, okay? And she Brilliant. will be listening to this for sure, don't you worry. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, well done, you. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, so much focus, so much Focus. I think if there's one word that describes you, it is focus, which is yeah. beautiful. But what do you do to de-stress? What do you do to go, ah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a rare occasion. I'll say that. Um, you know, especially now, school just started up. And so it's, I'm very much in, in hustle mode right now because a lot of the nonprofits I work for are, are on the school, you know, sort of the school year schedule. So we're all just starting up right now. 
Um, but I think really what I've learned is like you, even though you have to, you know, you're working for yourself and you think you in the first starting years, you have to work every single day, you know, 24 hours a day. I think the thing that I've learned is just like take a day off. Like this morning, like all I did was I sat in bed and watched a little bit of television, you know, like just to give myself a little bit of a break. Luckily, I don't have any Friday classes, you know, so I was just good to go. Um, but I think just like, you know, knowing you get you can give yourself a break and not being guilty about it is the biggest thing because especially in America there's so much emphasis on like work 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 if you want to like get up at you know get up to the c-suite or whatever it is um but if you work so hard you're going to burn out so quickly and I've learned that from experience time and time again you know there was a time where I was getting up at 3 30 in the morning and I was going to bed at 10 o'clock and I felt like I still didn't have enough time in my day. And I was like, this doesn't make sense because I preach, you know, you have enough time in your day, but I don't feel like I have enough time in my own day, even though I'm up for, you know, whatever, how many hours it was. And so I realized it's because I'm not using my time effectively. I'm up, but I'm not awake, you know? And so it was really just this like idea of like, Let me start focusing on, you know, eating enough, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. And that's where I started to realize like, oh, maybe I should start implementing some healthy habits into my life. You know, not just the habits of like getting my work done and like showing up for all the appointments I had to do or for school I had to go to, but like actually healthier habits, like, you know, eating the right foods, you know, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, having the right friends around you, having the right people around you, you know, cleaning up your environment and having the right mindset. And that's really sort of where, you know, this little project, little book of mine sort of came about because I'm, you know, everything of that is in there. And so it, that's my biggest thing is like, just take some time for yourself, you know, and don't feel guilty about it. And just remember that you have to come first or else nothing else is going to succeed. So true. I mean, was it Abraham Lincoln who said, if I had eight hours to cut down a tree, then I would spend six hours sharpening the saw or the axe. Mm-hmm. So yes, it, that yeah. is so true. But we pay lip service to it. And mm-hmm. how often do I find myself uh, in exactly that boat? So I've been burning the candle on both ends. Why? Because... I actually love it. I actually love to be this creative. I love like you. I love to be out there, do things. And someone comes to me with a new project and I think, wow, yeah, let's do that. And I throw myself into and finish another thing. And before you blink, you actually think, why am I feeling a bit funny? Oh, you haven't drunk a single drop for, I don't know, eight hours. Uh, Funny that is that you feel a bit parched um, and you find yourself angry at someone. You think, well, hang on. Why am I angry about what he just said? Oh, no breakfast Uh, and lunch was nothing. Ah, hangry. It's it's Mm. stupid like that. So I think one of the, the things that I learned in rehab was to really put emphasis on a structured day and yeah. to actually uh, make sure that your basic needs as a human being are absolutely met. 
So that's the food. And with that, I don't mean shit food. Mm. I mean, good, healthy nutrition. I'm, I'm just working on some cookbooks to help people actually a bit on that. But that is that is the nutrition, the, the rehydration and the sleep. If there are three cornerstones really of, of this pyramid, and that is really what you want. But then, please, the creativity and the connection and all that is just as important. Yeah. So these are the things. If you can actually nourish them, well, that's that's a start. And then you can think about your visions and your other things. So mm-hmm. I, love to, you, I love your focus, uh, coming back to the basics. Yes. That's, that's what works. And whilst you guys see me here drinking, this is not Coke or something like that. That's just coffee, okay? And lots of it. So there's my own vice, my one vice that is left, the coffee. So don't you write in, oh, you're drinking too much coffee. I bite back. (laughs) So no, that's brilliant. So here you are. So what are your plans? Sammy, where, where, where? I dread to say, where do you see yourself in one year's time? Because <laughs> I don't know if I've got the time in my in my interview to, to get it. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Tell me, what are your dreams? What are your your plans? Yeah, I mean, there's so much I want to do, so I'll keep it very, very simple. Um, <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. This is your life. No, but basically, I mean, you know, I want to continue the podcast for as long as I can. You know, we just launched season four. Um, and so I and we just, you know, we're about to round out on 10,000 downloads and I'm super excited about that. And I hope to, you know, just have it grow till till infinity and beyond, you know. Um, it's just something that I didn't know would change my life, but it did. Um, and I'm so entirely grateful for it and just allowing myself to, you know, speak to others across the globe, but also to bring on other people's stories and hear their stories and sort of relate to them or find out new things about them or learn things from them has just been just so transformational. Um, I'm launching my marketing agency in January, which is going to be super fun, all different things, how to start a podcast, social media marketing. Um, you know, little knickknacks here and there for people who just want to get to know Instagram or get to know Facebook or whatever it is. Um, I want to dive solely into my passion coaching, you know, and sort of help out. I have, you know, about three potential clients right now. I want to dive into so many more people and really help them, you know, you find a passion of that they can pursue to eventually help them leave their nine to five or leave whatever they want to leave or stay in whatever they want to stay in, but fix it to have, you know, to let them have more fun in their life and love their life a whole lot more. Um, you know, I eventually just, you know, want to, want to solely focus on speaking all around the world and all around the, you know, the gold pretty much and talking about how to find your passion, how to, you know, create a dream life for yourself and, you know, talk about my mental health journey and sort of what, you know, how I bounced back from it and how I, you know, got to this point in my life. And, you know, I also, you know, there are just so many things I want to do. I want to write, you know, three more books from the one I'm writing right now, you know, after this one and get them all published with a publisher, you know, and sort of, and just do all the things. Uh, so Tony Robbins, move aside. Okay, sorry, Tony, you've had your time. I think uh, Sammy uh, Reyes is on her way uh, to give you a run for your money. And how cool is that? Uh, 
we know if you look around right now in your classroom, you would find an incidence of at least one in five, if not more, of the young women around you will have anxiety disorder uh, classified and often enough medicated. What would you tell those girls if you had a quiet one-on-one with them? Yeah, my biggest piece of advice is just to hold on. You know, I think that, thank God I have such an amazing support system, but there were so many times where I just thought that it would rule the rest of my life. Mm. You know, I thought that I was just going to have to live a certain way and and that would be the end of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and and my mentor and so many other people really opened my eyes to the fact that it does not have to be like that at all. Um, But also, the biggest healer is time, which is unfortunate because a lot of us are not patient these days because, you know, there's just so like this just society runs so fast nowadays. But we have to develop the patience to just hold on and realize that if we be conscious of ourselves every single day and take little itty bitty steps every single day to move forward, to move that needle in your life, it all comes out well. And I know like, you know, all the time when I tell my story, it just seems like it just happened in an instance and it happened, you know, just like this, but it really didn't. The amount of tears I cried, I could fill, you know, six gallons of, you know, a a bucket and like that's, that wouldn't even be sufficient enough. You know, the amount of questions I've asked myself to the point where I got tired, you know, about, am I good enough? Do I actually want to do this? All the things like that is I could, you know, it's as long as a hundred page scroll and, you know, even though it feels like it's never going to sort of stop controlling you you have the power to control it. You have the power to wake up every single morning and make that conscious decision to say, no, I'm going to rule my day today. It's not going to rule my day. And so true. So true. Um, my steps to sobriety, I need to do a bit of advertisement here. Um, the reason I pointed out is I've got actually, uh, there's a chapter in there where I talk about cravings and I describe them as waves in the ocean. You may like it or may not like it that there is this big wave coming towards you. Uh, the wave doesn't care. The wave will come. So this craving will wash over you. But it is like a wave. It will come, wash over you and go. Now, it's the same with an anxiety attack. It will happen. You can like it or you can lump it. Uh, You can fight it. You can cry and scream about it. The anxiety attack doesn't care. Okay. It will be there. So you might as well try to ride the wave and accept, okay, right now I'm really feeling my heart going 100 miles per hour and and the sweat is pouring. And I've got all these these thoughts. Okay. That's five minutes, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, maybe something like that. Learn that, learn that, accept it, and don't don't feel bad about it. You're not a failure because you suddenly are hyperventilating, sitting in the toilet. No, it is. It happens. That happens to me. 
that happens to a hell of a lot of people. That probably happens to your teacher if you're if you're uh, sitting in school, to your to your lecturer if you're sitting in university. It happens to a hell of a lot of people, yeah. and the key is to accept it and to learn to live with it without shame and guilt. It's just yeah. something that happens. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, it, even though you are struggling, it does not mean you're failing. Absolutely. So true. It's like, you know, yes, every day not may not be great, but that doesn't mean your life is over. It doesn't mean yeah. that, you know, an hour or two of, of, you know, just like sitting in panic for a minute, it doesn't mean that the world is going to end or your life is going to end. It doesn't mean that at all. It's just, you know, surviving through that for a minute and then coming back to your consciousness and be like, okay, where can I move from here? What do I have to do, you know, next and sort of being, mm. you know, taking that deep breath and realizing that, you know, another minute is upon you. Mm. And uh, don't forget it. You can not just accept it as a wave that comes out of nowhere. You can maybe accept it as a message from your gut or a message from your body to actually say, did you really look after yourself? Did you really hydrate? Did you really eat? Did you really sleep enough? Or uh, have you stuffed up? Not because you're a bad person, but because you didn't pay attention to the basics. And is it now time for you to actually just stop, go out there, have a, a smoothie or have a drink or something like that, and give yourself some moments of break? And surprise, surprise, the anxiety is gone. And you actually realized, mm, yeah, okay, <laughs> I stuffed up, <laughs> but not that you're a bad person. No, it is what it is. So reframe it. Re look at look at the anxiety as actually, does it want to tell me something? And cool, thank you. I need to drink something. Thank you, anxiety. Thanks for letting me know. Down you go. Brilliant. Now I need to ask you because I suffered quite a bit from what I'm talking about now, and that is imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, here you are, 19, sitting down, giving a podcast, giving advice to people who are twice your age, three times your age. And uh, that is that is you. Now, me, I could say, well, I'm a doctor and I am an alcoholic who has got seven years of, of recovery, and I've written a book about it. So, hey, I'm an expert. Nah. It's these little voices. Ooh, who are you? Who are you to do a podcast? Who are you? And unfortunately, my boys were not very supportive because they said, what, a podcast? It was the kind of don't embarrass us kind of thing. Um, and it was bizarre. It was so I had actually a lot of initial People are none. Few people around me gave me doubts, but it was those people who were really cherished most, my boys mm -hmm. in this case. So that was that was hard. Even that that kind of little roll in the eye, the kind of eyebrow going up uh, for them. Am I mm -hmm. really? Am I good enough? Am I? Who should I really do that? I mean, no doubt. I see you nodding there, and I feel I, you feel the same the same things as I do. How did you deal with that? I mean, it hasn't gone away. 
Mm. You know, even, you know, even though we're in season four of the podcast, even though I've been on, you know, Instagram running a, you know, sort of an influencer-ish account for two years now, it hasn't gone away. I think that, you know, I, I hate to go back to it, but I think the biggest thing for me was just surrounding myself with people who, you know, were supported me but also the people who were in the same you know sort of space as me so my mentor for example she's rocking instagram right now she's all over it you know and she she's just someone who you know tells me every day like don't worry about everyone else worry about yourself you know and it's like that's you just got to do and and you know another one of my teachers from school like she is also rocking instagram she's doing a whole thing about sort of inquiry-based learning which is what stemmed the entirety of everything i'm doing today um, and, you know, so just like, and I'm just so close to them. I text them every single day, ask them all these different questions. And it's just like having people like, you know, in like as much as, as much as my mentor is my mentor, she's also a peer of mine because she is in the same space as me in Instagram. And we're sort of, you know, going through the same struggles at the same time about, you know, not having our followers increase or not getting enough engagement or, you know, how to post this or how to post that or how do I you know, increase this or increase that. Um, and so, you know, in that, in that aspect, it gives me a little bit more, you know, sort of reassurance. Like I'm not the only one who's struggling with this. I'm not the only one who's here in this space, you know, who doesn't have 150,000 followers yet, you know, who doesn't have that little blue check mark next to their name. Um, and so I think, you know, and especially with the podcast too, it's like, I'm in these podcast groups and I see people that are like, oh yeah, we just reached a hundred thousand downloads. And I'm like, oh. I'm over here. Like, I've been working at this for two years. Why haven't I gotten any farther? And, you know, my mentor always reminds me every single day. She's like, because the amount of downloads you're getting, those amount of people you're impacting. So imagine they're filling up an auditorium and that's the amount of, that's the amount of impact you're making. That is enough. You know, it's enough for now. You know, it's, it's, it should be good enough for you right now. You know, and she's like, just keep growing and just keep going and you'll eventually get there and stay consistent too. And, I think, you know, having that reassurance is really just the key to me, you know, not sort of beating myself up about it. But there are still times, especially last year, where I was contemplating so many different things in my life. I was like, why am I doing any of this for? You know, what's the point? Like, I, I was like, my life is not really doing so well right now. So why, how can I help others? I felt like such a hypocrite, you know, and to the point where I felt so numb because I had nothing I had nothing to, I had no drive in me anymore. There's nothing that, that I was fighting for. There's nothing that I was really, you know, sort of going after achieving. And that's sort of where everything was like, okay, let's just drop everything right now and never do it ever again. Let's find a new career for myself. We're going to go down the nine to five path right now and do all this stuff. And I was like, no, there's no way in heck that I'm doing all of that. So I took a break. I stepped back and sort of reevaluated myself. And now we're here today. <laughs> no, girl, what you had was a good burnout. You had burned a candle on both ends and in the middle. <laughs> hey, I wrote that chapter on burnout. I created burnout, okay? I lived it. And it's exactly that. <laughs> and I, I recognize that that's the key thing. So if you guys out there uh, have heard about burnout and don't really know what it is, the key hallmark was just set by Sammy. You stop caring. You do no longer actually want to do what you, you just have got enough of it and of everything. And that's burnout. That's burnout. You lose your empathy. You lose your passion. And that's when you need to step back and say, whoa, what's going on here? And that's, it is burnout. 
And that's yeah. again, coming to the basics. Uh, actually allow yourself a day of Netflix or uh, whatever it is that you need to do. With that, I don't mean active recharging. That comes after. Okay, mm -hmm. you need right now to crash. Yeah. Allow yourself whatever it is, candy crush. Uh, I don't care what you do as long as you give your body to just time to just do nothing. And I mean, absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then comes a point when you actually go into nature and soak up the sun. And then that's when you move out of the fetal position, out of the bed and actually go out there and again, recharge, do all the right things. And suddenly this passion is back. And it is, oh, please, been there so many times. And I recognize it again. It's like a wave. I recognize it because I have, again, uh, said yes to too many opportunities. And it's often self-inflicted. Uh, um, well, it's always self-inflicted for crying out loud. Who am I kidding? <laughs> so, <laughs> but it is what it is. So please recognize it for what it is. Don't feel guilt. Don't feel shame. Just take it as a message from your body to say, okay, really, uh, we love your passion, but can you just stop for a moment? And okay. So guys, it's all normal. I guess that's the big message that, that Sammy and I are sending you out there. Uh, it is normal to feel to feel from now and then, not 100%. This is not a not a bloody soap opera where everyone is always in love, always good looking and just perfect. Bullshit, bullshit. There are days when you are just, when you don't wanna get out of bed. And guess what? It's okay from now and then to do exactly that. Just stay in your Jimmy Jams. And if you need to have an ice cream or five, well, so be it, okay? This world will not stop turning if you just give yourself a day out, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Sammy, I can't wait to see you grow. I can't wait for your book to come out and for the next books to arrive. So please, please, let's stay in touch and let's, uh, let's learn from each other. Because I've learned a hell of a lot from you already today. And I've got a big cheesy smile on my face because you confirmed so many of my own convictions. And you, the words that came out of your mouth just make me smile uh, because we are both actually very alike in what we want to achieve. We want to make this world a little bit better. One little interview at a time, one little Instagram message at a time. and that's beautiful if just more of us will do that so if we to start throwing snowballs and we have little avalanches happening and the, the snowballs then yeah, the, the snow touches others and you know the kind of snowball system how beautiful will that be maybe this world will change maybe this world will soon be <laughs> so sorry no, go ahead, go ahead, you're good. <laughs> no, no, I was about to ask, so it is, it is a beautiful conclusion to the interview. If there was anything you wanted to share with my viewers or listeners out there, what would that be? What would be the one key message that you want everyone to know and maybe others uh, around you in those, those you see in the lecture halls around you, what would you love to send them? Don't hold back. 
you know, stand in your potential, stand in what you know you're capable of, and don't hold it back from anyone. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't fear that you have to feel included with everyone else because you don't. The best people, the people who change the world are the ones who stand out, are the ones who go against every single odd, every single thing that's written down in every single book and who change those books the way they're written. I think it's so important to, you know, once you find that little part of how you're going to make the world better by finding your passion, whether it's by, you know, by like playing the violin and becoming the best, you know, violinist and then, you know, donating to a bunch of amazing charities or it's by, you know, doing stuff like you and I are doing and, you know, falling into your own personal development journey and, and wanting to help others, like whatever it is, like every, anything someone does that they wholeheartedly love to do will change the world in some way or another. And just by having more people find and pursue what they love to do is the most important thing. But once they find what they love to do, they need to realize that because they love it so much, they have that potential to, you know, sort of pursue it. And they have, they have the capability to be good at it and to stand out and, you know, rise up in the ranks. Beautiful. Sammy, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm humbled to have you on my show. Sammy Reyes, a power uh, out there to be reckoned with. And I'm, I'm delighted to have had you on. You guys, uh, just listen again to Sammy's interview. There are so many uh, nuggets of wisdom in there and so many good things. Uh, well done, Sammy. And all of you out there, you look after yourself and have a fantastic time. Bye.